Welcome to another episode of our Founders Podcast. I'm your host, Ash, and this is a show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your business. In this episode, I talk to Sean. Sean is a remarkable entrepreneur with a story that's truly inspirational. Her journey began at 17, leading her from the fitness industry to mastering into neuro-linguistic programming and headhunting for traders. Over 20 years, she's been at the forefront of the startup world, mentoring, coaching, and consulting. And today, she is a leading entrepreneur coach, mentor, and a consultant focusing on personal and business growth, a theme that has defined her incredible career. So I hope you enjoy it. Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Ash. How can I live up to that? But thank you. Great stuff, great stuff. Do you have a favorite quote, something that inspires or motivates you that you would like to share with our audience? Yes. I mean, there are loads out there, some classics, right? Mine comes from, I believe, the Japanese proverb, um, which is um, fall down seven times and get up eight, which I will say in English, obviously, <laughs> which very much uh, for me inspires me continuously. So I think, you know, if you can do that, you're good, right? Definitely, definitely. And I'm inspired by a lot of Japanese quotes myself too. So, you know, I, I I get that. Great. So 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 I'm eager to learn more about the person, you know, as, as a person yourself. Can you take us back to your roots, share with our listeners about your upbringing, childhood, how did your early experience shape your journey to eventually lead to your becoming a visionary entrepreneur and coach yourself? Yeah, sure. I mean... I suppose my, I suppose the journey kicked off when, I mean, I left home in, in my late teens um, uh, and so uh, very much um, found myself grafting and getting on with stuff from a, an early age, really, um, which I have to say, I don't think did me any harm when you, when you reflect on what you learn from that, right? So yeah, I le- left home pretty damn early and um, I, I, I remember my earliest days, um, you know, having a very little bed sit in town and grafting and getting a little job that made teas and coffees while I was while I was studying, finishing off my A levels. So you know, from an early age, I've battled and and kind of got on with stuff just to keep doing the things that I wanted to do. And yeah, mm-hmm. and, you know, I suppose um, if you fast forward a little bit from there um, through to uh, you know kicking off in the fitness industry, gosh, I mean, it's about twenty five years ago, a fair old whack of time. Um, you know, uh, and uh, very much similar, similar sort of vein, right? Um, wanting others to um, learn more about themselves and get fit and take action and move forward. So the fitness industry was a pretty, pretty logical place for me to to, to kick yeah. off. And uh, yeah, I studied anatomy and physiology and ended up being really quite successful in the city. I trained um, a lot of the traders, you know, Lehman Brothers when they were still standing, and and uh, UBS and the others in that 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 area. And yeah, very much. Um, you know, really, really enjoyed, enjoyed working with them. You know, it's, it's great working with people who are very driven and want to want to do a great job of what they're, what they're doing. So, yeah, I did that for about five years. And, again, you know, it's that same vein of um, wanting other people to be a success or, you know, that, that kind of thing there. And, um, and then I suppose from there, uh, which you mentioned at the beginning, the NLP piece. So mm. these guys and men and women and other and, you know, really enjoying that space. But it was it was interesting to me that, people that I considered pretty damn intelligent weren't always setting out or achieving the things that they wanted to, you know, someone would come to me, I want to get really fit. And then they're not doing it. I'm like, Hey, 
mm. what's going on. So I, I started to think about, you know, um, what's the best way to get people to achieve, achieve success? What are some of the things there? And apart from obviously taking the action needed, which I, I'd mm. figured out by that point, is also very much around the, the kind of mindset that you approach things really. And someone told me about NLP, NLP which you mentioned, you know, neuro-linguistic programming, that art and science of communication and really understanding where your peak performance comes from. You know, what's that mindset that you can tap into that will help you get shit done? So I studied that for a bit and then applied that to the coaching, which was just a, a great move. It really made a massive difference to enabling others to achieve what they set out to do and hearing what one people what people weren't saying right which I find has, has also carried through to today um, and, the you know, the coaching and mentoring stuff, stuff that I do there. So, yeah, it was absolutely brilliant and, and um, worked with some great people um, in that space. And, um, yes, that was kind of the, the fitness and the mindset piece very much at the beginning, which I've carried through with me. Nice. That, that's brilliant. And would you be able to tell us about, like, what kind of challenges uh, nowadays these entrepreneurs, founders who come to you for help, what sort of challenges you see or what sort of patterns you see in, 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 in these challenges, which is normally coming over the surfaces right now compared to 10 years back? Because you've been in industry for so long, you know, you have so much insights and data, live data, I must say. So what's the difference between 10 years before 10 years and now and the challenges for the founders? Well, I mean, I think there's two two things there. There's the actual building a business and then there's the founder, the mindset themselves. And I think, you know, don't need to explain to anyone that substantially changed the opportunity to grow business. Um, opportunities, you know, I'd like to think it's more of an even playing field now. I think we've still got work to do, but there's definitely that. I also think that technology has definitely moved forward since, gosh, however many years ago, right? And we're on this wonderful wave of this AI, blah, blah, blah stuff that's going on out there, you know. So um, I think that in terms of the opportunities, there, there's more opportunities now than ever and, and opportunities to do cool stuff to build businesses mm -hmm. than they were before. I think, although, you know, previously maybe there was more trailblazing opportunities to go on since things hadn't really kicked off at that point. So I think there's a, um, a a huge change and there will always be change in the space, right? What we're able to do and what's possible, ideally. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the challenges that founders face, regardless of what that opportunity looks like from, from then to now, are pr pretty much the same. I think it's a, you know, it's a lot to do with uh, mindset and how you see yourself, your capabilities, your actual capabilities, and then how you see yourself. I think as to say is is it can be merged. Um, I think the other thing is a lot of um, you know a lot of founders um, uh, have high expectations for themselves and delivering what they're setting out to do, and a lot of it can be simple as and a big one that I've come across all the time is I have no idea what to do next. I have got so much on what the hell am I going to do with my time and what do I need to do next? What's the next smart move, right? Yeah, so yeah. I think you know there's a fundamental across across the board and will never change in terms of the mindset piece and mm -hmm. um you know how we see what we've got in front of us and how we perform i think is is a common piece across the board right okay okay so 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 when you had this epiphany or or i must say then when you decided to to start helping the entrepreneurs and founder 
Um, and I, I must say that there, there must be a lot of people or a lot of coaches or consultants. You must have research in the market who are doing this before. Were there any other coaches or mentors who inspired you or you, you thought that, you know, that the, the, the strategies or the way they're helping other people um, is something which you, you can also implement into your process or what your perspective was totally different. And yeah. What, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I mean, I suppose rather than sort of a, a big sort of epiphany of like, wow, that's changed, that viewpoint's changed how I'm showing up and how I see how I deliver things. I'm incredibly inspired by all the brilliant people out there who are helping and lifting up others. I think there's there are so many, it's, it, you know, you can't bring them all to the table. But what I can say that I, rather than one particular moment or, or person, I suppose it's along the way, people that I've seen grafting in the companies that I worked with, the, the real founders on the floor in terms of some of the employed roles I was in, for example, in, in my in my in my uh, employed role career, going being one of the first few, few people into startups. It was it was the people on the ground making things happen. It was the people breaking through problems and barriers when they um, you know when they were stuck and continuing grafting forwards to help that business be a become a success. Um, so individual little bits that inspired me along the way that I've picked up. I think a several you know. There's a survival technique you you develop when you leave home at an early age, which is looking at others and learning what they do really well. Mm. And it might be the fact that, you know, just the small things they do, I've just noticed I want to do that. That's what I want to do. And then I'll put it into my toolkit and pick that up. I, an example may be, um, for example, I, I work with this entrepreneur in Notting Hill, a really great chap, actually, a business consultant. Mm. And one of the things that I was quite inspired by by this chap was how just focused and simple his day was, and yet he had so much on. Mm. So I took a moment and, and reflected on how he actually did that. And what I noticed was each morning, he would dash through his emails, dash through whatever else it was, and he would get out a, a post-it note and put down five, five things on it, five bullet points. And that would be his focus for the day. And Perfect. I thought, you know what, that's really good. I like mm. that. I want to do that. So I yeah. took that and implemented that. And I've actually shared that not only like a couple of weeks ago with someone who was like, I'm doing loads of stuff. I'm not getting much done. I'm like, do less, do it better. So there mm. are these things that I've picked up along the way. I think even down to the fact that I remember working at uh, another company and this, just the way this, this woman showed up, she walked into the office, she stood tall, she sat down, she was as calm as what's it in a situation that was quite lively she calmly mm. got out her ipad and put it onto the table and this you know it was all very techy and i thought i like that i like the calmness i like the fact that she's slick as what's it got out her mm. ipad looked cool so i think it was not long ago not not far from that and i was like ipad tick <laughs> yeah, Conscious, yeah. coolness tick. so so i think for me it was along the way the people that i picked up and i think as i said going back to point about surviving i think one of the great things that we can do is just learn from others. There's a lot on a lot of people on pedestals, but there's a lot mm. of learning we can have from day to day. Indeed, indeed. So, Sean, will you be able to take us uh, through a case study or potentially a hypothetical scenario where a founder or an entrepreneur comes to you for help, for coaching, for for um, improving either his productivity or um, scale his business or something like that? And then how do you help him or her out in the whole journey and then how the whole process works? 
Oh, like as in how I work with people? Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool question. So, I mean, it's kind of a similar flow with all that I do. So, for example, I work with businesses and help them grow. Um, I consult businesses and help them them scale, scale up. So that's next level growth stuff. And then there I have individual founders, either in a coaching capacity or mentoring capacity who come to me. Who go, I just want you to fix stuff and I just want to get better at it. So I suppose the congruence with the flow throughout all of those is just taking a moment and putting everything out on the table. You know, where where the hell are you? Where the hell is the business? Whatever it is, right? And and sitting down and, and putting that down so you can see that really clearly. So I think at the start of working with anyone, it's seeing where things are, where is the business, where does it need to get to, what are you doing that's working, what's not, and, and what are the key factors for success that are missing that we need to take a look at in order to move something forward. So, for example, um, I worked uh, through Deloitte with a last mile delivery service company. And mm -hmm. one of the pieces there, so we kicked off in the same format, right? It's, it's, established, it's fairly established business, a team of about 25. And um, sitting down and working out where they were and where they wanted to get to. And I, I believe that they wanted to um, be able to scale to take on a bigger um, uh, last mile provide, uh, food pro provider um, mm. sort of super, supermarket. And at the time, they had built their business for a number of years around much smaller startups and different types of businesses. As with anything, you then build your structures around serving the needs of those clients or suppliers. But maybe they're built up and not really connecting you with where you want to get to next, that bigger opportunity, that scaling up. So, you know, putting cards on the table going, where are you now? What structures are in place, you know? operationally or what programs tech wise and I do believe there were many many layers that have been built up to cater for that and yet no time to tidy that up I think it's a classic right that can yeah. be in a business or also in our own lives we kind of stack shit on top of each other to get it done and then we realize we're overloaded but it might just be how we're approaching stuff mm. so you know um going back to my example so um in this case it was Pulling apart, reviewing the the tech. Where what is what's working for you? What's not mm -hmm. connecting? And how are the team using it? Because you can have the best tech, right? But if the team mm -hmm. don't know what they're doing or how they're using yeah. it, then it just it doesn't really hit the mark. So mm -hmm. very much, you know, looking at where it is now, and then they're looking at the future and going, okay. So if this is with this example company, if a plug and play version of what they want is where they're heading, mm -hmm. um, then how do they create that? So very much reducing. The noise down picking the best operational and technology workflow and then understanding how the team utilizes going to utilize it and going to roll it out and then also the final piece which i think is relevant to the individual work that i do with people is have they got the right team and are they are they doing the right things at the right time to make that a success and do they have the right uh, mindset and uh, an attitude to get that done um so you know very much pulling things apart and then presenting the solutions here's here's mm. what you need to do um, and this is how you implement it. And I've, I, I, I've worked with companies in the past where, and in this one, for example, is we've actually mapped out the tech stack that they've needed, actually mapped out the changes or the recruitment funnels and the different things they need to build. And, you know, sometimes um, a company will build it themselves or I'll, I'll have my, my, my team do that. But ultimately, it's taking them from cards on the table to what do we need to do to make this a success, both business, operations, people, and then giving them the toolkit to know how to actually do that and implementing it and seeing it through. And then I think the final thing, and I think it's the same with any work that, that anyone should, should be do, is doing or should do, is giving them the toolkit to be able to continue to mm -hmm. work well. 
you know so it's one thing having someone there coaching or consulting in your startup but what when you what happens when you leave right um mm. and so I always make sure that people are left with the right support and toolkits to be able to continue that individually mm. or as a business yeah yeah so okay so just so that I understand it in a on a very high level uh, from a helicopter view mm. you make sure that all the information the systems the processes and where currently the company or the business is you make you make it visual to them you make it see them whatever yeah. they have. yeah bring yeah. them clarity i mean a lot of people that i work with they say i bring clarity and direction you know i'll, I'll go hey this is everything these are yeah. the things you need to do and this is how mm. you're going to get there yeah. um and and so and i think ultimately if you look at anything we we're choosing to do or set out to accomplish that's pretty much the nuts and bolts in the middle bit right what are mm. we doing what do we need to do and it's difficult to see if you're in the middle of a business, hats off to those that are grafting away in some of these, these scale-ups. It's really hard to see. You have because you're busy, and then also we have filters on how we perceive what we have in front of us, right? Mm. So there's many layers. So it's 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 it can be it's, it's it's it can be fantastic to get someone in to have a look at that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And 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 once the they can see it all on the table whichever way you make them see it yeah. then you enable them providing with the toolkits to enhance and scale to whatever level they want to reach yeah. right yeah and this is in context the same as someone not working with someone it's like where are you at either individual or business what do you need to do put everything mm. out in front of you make sure you can clearly see that and then mm. figure out what needs to be done and then find out how to do that so that could be finding support from others or going online mm. or or learning mm. more you know, and, and actually do, and actually taking action to do it and then supporting yourself so that there are long-term changes that you've implemented and you can stay on top of. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Great. And and I want to talk more about, you know, how how from, from a business perspective, how, how bigger you have grown, etc. But before we move on to that step, I would like to take one step back and talk more okay. about when... When you talked about, you know, you got into this visionary entrepreneur spirit, uh, were, were there any key influences from your family or surrounding that played a significant role in shaping your entrepreneur spirit? We would love to hear more about the foundation that set you on this incredible yeah. I mean, I suppose it comes in a number of different forms. I mean, my father was a very successful stockbroker in the city and would mm. always was a grafter, right? I, 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 I didn't, I didn't have the fortune of knowing him that well because he worked so hard and was so busy. But what I did see was him flying back with back from sort of New York or China, Hong Kong, you know, wherever it was, and um, in his suits and thinking, yeah, he's out there doing something pretty cool. And I remember thinking, yeah. And I, um, you know, from my side, I'm aware that my family is is pretty entrepreneurial. I mean, my brother's in tech. He's he's had a company, he's had a company for however many years. So I think there's the the environment that you're in, and then I think there's also your predisposition genetically. Mm. Uh, I'm also um, naturally a very go-getty person. You know, as I said, just kicking off and just getting up and going out and and, and figuring out how to live life. You learn that you can. I think you just learn that you can achieve anything you set out to do. Re mm. Let's keep a realistic hat on that. But, you know, ultimately I learned not far off in my younger years that you can just go and do it. <laughs> you can just, so, yeah. just go and do it. And I think there's a lot of hiding behind, oh, my gosh, worrying about getting things done. Just just do it. And then yeah. I think the other bit is being brave. I've, you know, I think when I was younger, I was a lot of um, 
being thrown on stage and singing and dancing and playing the violin, which I really would, right? It's just like, thanks. But what I learned also was to be brave. So what I discovered was if you get up and do it, brave enough to stand there, mm. and then the next time you do it, you feel cool, then actually that's the piece, right? So I think bravery was another one, of, which is why I often find myself in situations and they go, oh shit, okay, I'm, I'm in the middle of doing this thing, this is cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. great stuff great stuff okay great so um let's let's move towards the business side of it then would you be able to share how, how uh, give us a sense of how uh you know sense of the size of the business where you are in terms of number of um customers size of team etc oh yeah so i mean i suppose i'm in a bit of a transition period so with co-startup and go it's been going about seven or eight years you know as as has been fundamental in the growth of, you know, gosh, 250, 300 startups, either from like a vibe, vibe whether it's viable or not through to, to growth. Mm. Um, yeah. Where we are now is a really interesting piece. So I suppose, um, you know, within the last, within the last year, we've averaged, we've always averaged 15 and 20 clients at any one time with a team to support that mm. at various levels. Mm. Um, what's been interesting over the last year is that, you know, really, particularly with all the changes, all the things that we all know that's gone on in the last couple of years, um, you know, and the tech piece, um, what we noticed was a, a change in where things are heading and the, and the resources and the opportunities for startup growth and the amount that we'd already learned. So I suppose where we are now, actually, is a really interesting point is we've down tools on the services, one-to-one -one people services to growing startups and are probably, I mean, a couple of months away now of mm -hmm. relaunching from more of a membership subscription basis. Um, because what we figured out was actually, um, you know, when you've been going for this long, you really wonder out where you're going to go next as a business, and particularly with the technology changes as ever. Mm -hmm. um, so where we are at the moment is we are currently finishing off our platform, which is mm -hmm. going to be able to help hundreds and thousands of more startups on an ongoing basis, sharing the learning. I mean, when you've mm. worked with that many companies, it's like you get some really great learning of, of, of how people build businesses and what makes a success. We've got mm. wonderful toolkits and, and um, subscription MVP builds that are possible, et cetera. So we're in an, an exciting piece. I'm glad you asked me, actually. Sure, sure. <laughs> and, and we would love to learn more because most of the listeners of our show is uh, is founders they're new entrepreneurs doing the startups and if you don't mind would you be able to share the name of the platform or tell us yeah, more about the business is co-startup and go that's the company and we've, we've changed it to co-startup reason being people were like what does and go mean we were like haven't got a clue actually so <laughs> forms which i don't normally do um and so it's called co-startup which is still findable through all my social links etc and we uh -huh. will be singing and dancing when that kicks off and i suppose so we're working behind the scenes on on getting that hooked up i'm very excited about that and i suppose the other pieces that i'm working on i mean i coach you know i've coached for very many years so i'm always coaching between 10 and 15 people so um within the space you know ceos founders and and uh, and entrepreneurs and you know doing doing some great stuff there and i suppose i i also do the consultancy pieces so three to four of those at any one time and yeah. um and then i suppose my the rest of where my time is spent is um i do a lot of mentoring which uh i think you mentioned as well so um, i support founder vine and barclays back founder accelerator program which is the second year in a row these guys the guys founder vine guys are just absolutely epic um you know last year up until 
not so long ago. I was mentoring for the Peter Jones Foundation, uh, Wells Dragon Dudes. So very proud mm -hmm. to be connected with that and a great chat from that. You, you so, have contacts in Dragon Dragons Den? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, it was, it was interesting because it was through, I'm a member of a, a private member club in town called Homegrown, which is a really great space. And uh -huh. uh, I think it was through them I saw the opportunity to to provide, to give my time to the, the Peter Jones Foundation and, you know, mm -hmm. as uh, you know, I constantly making sure that I'm lifting others up. I think when you've been on a journey like mine, you want to do that and you feel the pain. So let's get yeah. it. So yeah, yeah, really good. And uh, I've worked with a great chap over this last period um, through that. So yeah, yeah. And um, so you can see my time is 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 pretty rammed, basically. Um, I'm also at the moment, I finished the first draft of the book I'm writing, which is sharing knowledge as well. Um, really good. I don't know what it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good. Um, and so, yeah, so I suppose it's, um, I need, I'm taking a leaf out of my own advice to others, right? And, and prioritizing, mm. focusing and taking action to move things forward really at the minute. Mm -hmm. Great. And, and, and this is really good because, because, you could share some tips or some habits for our founders. You know, so so typically our accelerator programs, and you've been involved in multiple accelerator programs. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like once you have in once you get into the um, startup space, you're always working, working, working. Yeah. You know, you don't care about your health or even uh, that instant up to that you start ignoring the family also, and and that's. Yeah. Bad, really, really bad, you know. So, would you be would you be able to show some light to our listeners, saying what sort of habits or what sort of um, maybe morning rituals they should follow? You know, have things in uh, in a streamlined manner for their lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one because what is what is balance, right? If you're mm -hmm. really driven and there's a gap of, to do something, you'll put something in there, and it mm -hmm. may have to do with an opportunity that isn't completely in line with where you're at in in your life, but. And look, everyone, you know, everyone does things differently in terms of how they manage their time. I suppose my a big piece of advice is, is understanding, it's not necessarily I'm going to give one size fits all right, um, but it's understanding how you perform at your best. So when is the best time of day for you to be your most productive? So you hear these people who get up like, hey, I get up at 4 a.m. and then I go to the gym and then I'm mm. doing all this, good for you. If yeah. that works for you, fab, right? That's your space before the kids get up or whatever it is. Make the most of that time when you're most focused. Or if it's evenings, then it's evenings, right? So I suppose yeah. the first piece around any type of routine for anyone's success is knowing how to work with yourself rather mm. than against yourself. The times when you're trying to do a task and you don't want to play, you're like, I really don't want to do this. You need to ask yourself, are you working with yourself or against yourself, right? So mm. first piece is morning or evening or most productive times and, and then I think the other one is is um, making sure that you you're enjoying what you're doing because if mm. we don't and it's too full on all the time we throw our toys out of the prams. Classic. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. If you if you just keep doing stuff all day twenty four seven and you stack your day you stack your evening of course you're gonna not want to do it and and then have a period of time where you're not delivering. So yeah. you're actually not on your team. I call it being on your team. Be mm. on your team, right? If you're not mm. on your we do this stupid dance and hats off everyone. Everyone does it right. I'm going to do yeah. that. No, I'm, I'm going to do that. Yes, I am. I'll do it later. Hmm. And then you end up doing the next day, last minute before the meeting. You're like, could have cracked that out in five minutes before the catch up. Why the <laughs> hell did I do that? So yeah. while we laugh, they could be quite frustrating in the week. If we have quite a few of them. 
So I suppose my advice would be I invite you to look at how you're working with yourself in the week and build a framework, whether it's like 45 minutes, an hour work, half mm. an hour break. If you did that throughout the day, you still get more done. Or going back to my piece around that dude's five things a day, pick mm. five things, do five mm. things, end those five things going brilliant, and then you end up doing more rather mm. than that never-ending list, right? Never-ending yeah. list of stuff which is just overwhelming. And then you get less done because you're just looking at going, I don't even know which one to do. Um, so there's, you know, there's loads of fundamentals around. I suppose my other piece of advice is get, get a toolkit together that supports you specifically to, to get things done. I mean, there's also different ways of working and some people are neurodiverse, some others, uh, some aren't, whatever, whatever that is. You know, I mean, I, I myself am, am dyslexic, so I keep, keep myself um, quite regimented with where I put things um but have your toolkit um that helps you get things done so my my one for example is my diary uh, mm. looks at it it looks, it looks like a really bad game of tetris <laughs> it's when i'm moving so like multicolored boxes but for me i have these boxes it blocks out different times i know exactly what i'm doing that day it's linked to my strategy both business and personal and i keep that and that's the thing that i will not not do and then the rest I can move around and be flexible with. So I suppose it's what supports you to manage your time well, what tools is it, you know, um, that help you do that. And then I suppose the other one is, you know, going back to the point of what you were saying, you know, the balance. Mm. Just be kind to yourself. We literally, this, you know, this is it. This is, you have one life, you've got to live it, enjoy it. You're much better off being kind to yourself and then mm. rocking up in your day and doing a flipping good job and then turning around to your family and enjoying that time. Then you are hammering it out, burning out. We all get to burn out at different points because it's, you know, we're human. We just, but, but you know, enjoy, enjoy what you're doing. Cause I think it's really important. And um, I suppose my last piece on that, using that word reminded me of it is I have, if you find yourself in the space where you do feel overloaded and you aren't getting stuff done, review the, review the process, but the mm. other piece I often say to the people that I work with and myself is, what if I just enjoyed this? Mm. It's a really powerful statement and one that I've, I've shared with so many of the people that I've worked with because you can just suddenly lose track of what you would actually, in a scenario we actually normally enjoy. You're like, oh, great, I've got to do what this is. If you stop and go, what if I actually enjoyed it? There's sort mm. of this calmness that comes over despite how difficult that scenario may be that helps mm. us reframe in terms of what we're doing. And I couldn't agree more on this one because the moment you stop enjoying what you're doing, it becomes work. Well, you, yeah. <laughs> right. And we, you know, ideally we're doing things that we love. Yeah. Um, I agree. But yeah, it becomes mundane. It becomes boring. No one wants to do that. Boring stuff isn't like, you, do you want to get up and go, hey, did you, would you like to do some really boring, repetitive stuff? Yeah, okay. I don't think so. Right? <laughs> Nobody will do that boring thing. Okay, that this this gave me thought to think now because you know, being a being a founder, being an entrepreneur myself, it 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 makes me feel burned some days. Mm. Some days I feel like, oh my god, I don't even have that much brain which I'm using right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, no, you got uh, school, and there's literally no room to do anything. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Well, yeah. I mean, hopefully, I, you know, the world of work is is becoming increasingly sympathetic and open and and normalized in terms of how we balance our time 
and the support around people who think differently or need different tools to navigate their day. Um, mm. And I, I hope that it just continues in that way. I think it's still a lot of work to do, but you know, we, we, we are also responsible for looking after how we see our day, and that's that's the power yeah. that we have. Yeah, and I think I think that's why the combination of your previous experience with health, as well as not just 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 physical, but also mental health, plus the scaling and the mentorship that that combines together becomes a package, and that's really good. And and I'm sure that like so so being a founder myself, we we face a lot of um, paradigms or or or, or decision making fatigues, you know, in on yeah. daily. Right. And, and w- would you be able to share a moment when you were facing with a tough decision that had an immense impact um, on your business or, or, or someone else's business who came to you for help? Yeah. And how did you navigate through it or help them? navigate? Through? Well, one springs to mind, which I've shared not so long ago recently. I suppose there was a time my company was in the early stages, maybe two years old. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I had, I think maybe maybe less than that, regardless. Anyway, I, I'd, I'd had um, some employees working with me and we were working within this co-working chain, and um, which was great space in, in town, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, was working away and, and we had a number of clients. At the time, I believed that rather than having individual specialists, we had everyone on team who could do everything. At the time, mm-hmm. that was the model, I think, that we were looking to grow. And... Um, I was grafting, you know, I was lone, I'm a lone parent. I, I'm, my son is now 18, bless him. Uh, but at the time I was a lone, lone parent uh, and um, in a much earlier stage of that, mm-hmm. so a young kid and rushing back home, et cetera. And it was really interesting. So a couple of couple of years in, built the business on my own, you know, self, self-funded self as in started from zero. <laughs> okay, or bootstrap then from... Grafted, grafted to get it up and running. And at the time I was working hard, dashing back from the office, picking my son up, sometimes forgetting that, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. And I remember there was this time where um, I was sitting in a client meeting and they said, oh, okay, so we've spoken to, to your team members, two particular team members at the time. Um, and, um, oh, and by the way, one of them showed me their website at the end of the um, meeting. And mm. I didn't really clock it, but okay. Got home, was putting my son to bed, and this mm. wave came over me of, oh, you know, like something. I was like, that's not right. So yeah. I remember I, I, I popped onto my laptop and just mm. did some looking, and up popped a duplicate of my business that one of mm. this team member had built out while working with me. Mm. And it hit me like this wave of, I think, fear and shock. I remember putting my son to bed, but not really hearing or seeing anything that was going on. You're like, okay, blah, 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 put, it, put him in, in the bed. And I remember this feeling of, gosh, this is not ideal, particularly mm. given I was drafting myself on my own. And, um, you know, what transpired from that point was that the the people, these particular two uh, employees at the time had uh, thought it'd be a bit of a jolly to copy my business. And not only that, but run around using the memberships that I had to gain clients and not only that but also talking to my clients about that piece so it all sort of hit me in this wave and as this is you know not an ideal issue but we come across big issues all the time um yeah. this was one that was particularly big for me um and I remember at the time so coping strategy number one was crack just crack on mm-hmm. try not to make it you know try try not to let it impact other things things and, and making the decision around how do I fix this so obviously that was downing tools removing the issue and damage limitation 
So my, 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 my piece there was just taking the actions needed on a day-to-day -day basis regardless, even if I didn't feel like doing them. I have to do these three things to keep going. I have to smile and wave at this meeting because at the time, mm -hmm. because Sorry. at the time, no problem at all. Because at the time I was still not letting them know I knew. So I had to smile and wave. So that, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a time when sometimes we need to do that and it's tough, really tough, but you just got to crack on and know yeah. that it will come, you'll get through the other side. And so ultimately, you know, they removed from the business, down tools, stopped for a while. And what I did do during that time, which I think is my second piece of advice here, is I, I limited the amount of decisions that I had to make during that time. And just mm -hmm. particularly around what I was gonna do with the business. I just focused on fixing and maintaining and mm -hmm. consistently delivering that. And, mm -hmm. and the, you know what I did do is I made no big, I said, I'm not gonna make a decision about what I'm gonna do with this business. I'm not gonna make any big decisions during this next period because it's gonna be half masked. They're gonna be shit decisions. They're gonna be bad brain decisions and I'm gonna be reactive based mm -hmm. on the situation. So I spoke during that time, uh, you know, I spoke to legal people, I spoke to peers, I spoke to founders, uh, other, you know, everybody. Um, I got advice on, you know, what was going on. I looked up what was going on in the space. I wrote down all the things I wanted to improve with the business, things I thought were shit, things I thought were great, things I wanted to do more of, things I hated, mm. all of these things. And I put them all, literally it was, it was two weeks after that, that I put everything on the table. I mean, it is actually... So the thing comes, put it on the table and I put everything down and I sat down and I felt that I remember that morning. I was like, yeah, I'm feeling better. I feel mm. good. And so, you know, taking that from not making decisions in a bad headspace to going, cool, I'm ready. Mm. And I remember mm. looking at all of this stuff, all the stuff that I collected. And um, and that's when I rebuilt the business. I rebuilt it into a different business that was better, bigger. Mm. Uh, could never have done those. I would never have thought of some of these things without this scenario happening. Definitely wouldn't have. So mm. um, thank you. It was cool. And, you know, so, so um, yeah, I hope, I hope there's been some takeaways from that. I think the, the main yeah. one being um, stay focused, make smart deci decisions. If it's not going to be a good one, take a minute. You don't have to say anything right now. Yeah. So basically what I received from this experience of yours is, first of all, great experience because i've never heard it from any uh, you know guest on the show that they face something that their own employees tried to steal their business model or actually business and the clients while working with you it's 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 in in an ethical way it's horrible some people maybe don't know about it there's no way it doesn't happen right <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so so yeah amazing amazing experience but also you 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 mentioned keep going keep cracking stop making decision because then you will make a reactive decision you have to yeah. focus on continuing the business and maintaining it and then once you reach to that point then you start scaling it which you have done and build yeah. a better business with better model that's that's amazing that's a really yeah. good advice because most of the founders if we hit something like this we have hit a stone I think the normal norm to go forward is to make some rash decisions and then because you get shaken up when something like this you comes do, up. You really get shaken up and it's very easy to do that. But I think you learn that that, I mean, you know, it's the classic of um, learning as a founder or as an individual not to mm. fire off that email you just replied to in five minutes. Yeah. You know, that, that and I probably isn't the best one to send. You soon learn, you go, I better hold it down for a little while. So I think it's just a bigger version of that, is it not? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Got it.
Awesome, awesome. I'm enjoying this this conversation so much, you know, that you know I want to go and go, but we 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 are limited with the time. So, so yeah. Um, before, so I always have this lightning round with my guest okay. on the show with six questions. But before we go into that lightning round, I would like to ask you one last question, which is like, sure. if you don't mind sharing, could you reflect on your experiences and tell us about a mistake or a setback that you have encountered along the way? that you now consider maybe not a regret but a lessons learned for you and then additionally what advice would you give our listeners based on this experience oh. it's interesting i tend to have a very forward focused mind so don't necessarily keep a track of all the things that sure. haven't necessarily gone to plan and and tends mm. to take a very fast move on on that so um I would be less specific in my answer. My answer mm-hmm. would be more about the tactics that one should have to hand to handle when things don't go right. Sure. And yeah. that is, I suppose, the, the the repeated methodology I've had around when things haven't gone to plan, around mm-hmm. assessing the situation, defining an action plan, um, and implementing those those pieces smartly. Um, and with and with and just and with courage and, and with pace, not with you know, not you know, at the right, you know, in the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I suppose it's and just getting on with it and not looking back, right? Sure. I, yeah. I, so so I suppose when you with the sort of character that I am, I I don't really have a full list of the things I that are like that because I don't see them as that. It's just something that happens. It's a mm-hmm. thing that happens and you get on with it and you move forward and deal with it. Given that I've dealt with some huge things in my life, I have a very high tolerance for what I consider a mistake or something not going right. So I probably wouldn't notice half the people, half the things that, that some may do. But I could, mm-hmm. I, I, my advice would be um, things happen all the time. It's just how you see it. And you can limit mm-hmm. the impact of it as how long you ponder and wallow in that space regard- versus getting on with it um, and moving forward. Awesome. Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. Let's, 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 let's get into the lightning round. I've got six. Yeah, yeah, questions. Okay. Great. Okay. Number one, what's one of the best pieces of business advice you have received? I, um, I mean, I suppose less specifically one, I think it goes back to how I see things. And I mentioned that earlier, right? More, mm-hmm learning along the way from everyone that I've seen pick up and do things in a great way and putting that in. So I suppose it's less one specific, more looking at others and picking that up. So I'm going to have to fly through that question. Sure, (laughs) sure. No worries at all. What book would you recommend to our audience and why? Um, I suppose there's two that spring to mind that that are in line with my advice to others. So I'll bring that to the table. Um, the first one, which I often um, give to my clients is The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Mm-hmm. And um, this very much talks about consistently doing the things you need to do on a daily basis and the compound effect of building that up, right? So mm-hmm. you can take a really small action and be doing that consistently. The exponential growth of the impact of that is pretty cool. Same with mm-hmm. training, right? Training every day, just a little bit, it builds up. Same as the opposite side of eating a little bit of chocolate. Don't notice that each day, but you will do. <laughs> You're like, where did that come from, that belly? So, you know, the compound effect is also in everything that we do on a day-to-day basis. What if you did everything 5% better? 5% better, 5% more time on listening, 5% better email, 5% 
better eating habits. That mm. exponential, but con continuing to do that, the compound effect builds that up. And so you get a big impact of something that you didn't set out to do as a big thing. It just built up over time. Um, and I suppose the second one, which is a similar vein, this is sort of in stuff fascinates me, is um, what is it? It's the Slight Edge by Jeff Olson, which is the same thing. It's about doing things in a really great way and maintaining that, I think. Those, those are the ones I'd recommend. Okay, that sounds good. And what's one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful founder? Someone who just consistently gets stuff Come. done, takes action, makes things happen, moves yeah. forward. Some of, you know, we don't always have the answers and I often come, you know, often, I often do leadership coaching, et cetera. And um, part of that is, you know, you don't always have to know what you're going to do next, but stand tall, take the action, take it on the chin and, and, and inspire others to follow you um, and, you know, keep moving forward and, and yeah, you've, you've hit it there. Awesome. Awesome. What's your personal favorite productivity tool or habit? Uh, my diary is my well because my diary is the tool within which right yeah, um yeah. my habit is keeping that up to date with the different things i need to do working live so i think i think working live is probably the feeder to that so i'm going to go with that which is keep doing the things you need to do at the time mm. do that meeting got to get those notes in whack them in the folder send that email brush onto the next thing um, working live and keeping keeping my diary up to date. Diary is the best tool. I literally would pass out if my <laughs> there's been several times my diary's not there. I'm like, I actually not sure. I actually don't know what I'm doing because what you want to do by doing that is create the space in your head to be able to think sharp off, off yeah. the top of your what's it. Um, yeah. But at the same vein, <laughs> my diary disappeared. I think I may have a few issues. So diary very heavily reliant upon. Perfect, perfect. And um, what's a new or a crazy business idea you would love to pursue if you had the time? Well, I don't think I'd be short of crazy business ideas since I, I think in quite a, a, a different way. But mm -hmm. I also am not, I would be pretty foolhardy to share any cool ideas I have on the platform. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, so I'm going to pass on that too. <laughs> okay, no worries. Last but not least, what's an interesting or a fun fact about you that most people don't know? Um... Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's, uh, well, let's go with when I was in the fitness industry, I used to teach aerobics and step and Taibo. So I suppose a, an interesting one would be I used to teach really, really high tempo techno aerobic classes in the city. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, jumping around, shouting and screaming uh, to a room full of people. They were packed. There was a massive waiting list all the time. It used to be completely crazy, crazy music and me shouting and running around. So I don't think many people will know that. So there we go. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Awesome. But Sean, thank you so much for joining yeah. me and sharing this, your stories, unpacking the last years of building this business and some of the ups and downs along the way. If people want to reach out to you, uh, how do they do that? What's the website or how do they reach out to you if they want to contact you? Yeah, sure. I suppose the easiest way is, is my website is seanwinfield.com and there are various mm -hmm. handles on that. So you could probably connect through LinkedIn and Insta. I'm mostly on LinkedIn, so probably good good shout to follow me there. And yeah, that's how you can get hold of me. Awesome. I'll be sharing your LinkedIn in this episode's uh, yeah. description anyway, so that would be good. good plan. Great, John. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your inspiring journey and impactful work you're doing through 
your business and coaching. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the Founders Podcast. Yeah, cool speaking, Ash. Thanks. Great. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of Founders Podcast. I hope you found our conversation with Shayan insightful and inspiring. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and stay updated on our future interviews. Stay inspired, stay motivated, and keep building.